You can be seated. We're excited. We're going to jump right into the word today. Um, just so you know, if you didn't know, uh, I'm dark. So you may, <laughs> you, <laughs> you may or may not be able to see me very well today. We're working, we're working out a light situation that we didn't have last week, but, but we had this week. So we appreciate you being patient with us. Um, it's probably a blessing to some of you that you don't actually have to see me this week. You can just, <laughs> you can just hear me. But we're going to get right into the word of God today. I'm excited to actually begin this series. I was praying about what I wanted to share for the next uh, few weeks, and it's probably the first series, to be honest with you, that I haven't put an end date on just because I felt so strongly in my heart that God throughout the scripture from Genesis all the way to the end has dealt so profoundly with women and how he's used women in just such um, miraculous ways. And usually when we, we teach on it, we try to there are universal principles that God has given us from the life of women, not just to help women, but to help all of us. And so I think you'll find as we go through these things and explore these different women in Scripture, you're just going to see some amazing things. And I believe that your faith is going to be built. And I believe that all of our lives will be changed when we understand uh, these things. So the title of our series is God's uh, Leading Ladies. And I was reading a quote that I found very interesting from Carly Fiorina, who was the former CEO and president of Hewlett Packard, uh, but she said this. She said, when you challenge other people's ideas of who or how you should be, they may try to diminish, diminish or disgrace you. It can happen in small ways in hidden places or in big ways on a world stage. You can spend a lifetime resenting the tests, angry about the slights and the injustices, or you can rise above it. How many of you can identify that there was a time in your life that, that something was building inside of you? Like, I just know that there's significance. I know that there's amazing things that God wants to do with me. But right, right when you get ready to take that step and move forward in the plan of God for your life, somebody will say something to you or somebody will do something. And immediately you be, they begin to challenge what you believe God wants you to do in your life. That is not by accident. Many times the enemy tries to plant seeds of doubt when we are harvesting faith in our lives. So it's so important to remember that you are going to walk, all of us as men and women, we're going to walk and our walk is going to challenge the assumptions that some people have about our lives. And you know what you have to do in that moment? You have to keep on walking. You have to challenge yourself to keep on walking through the criticism, keep on walking through the doubt. Um, I was riding in my car this week. Um, because whether you believe it or not, every now and then, pastors get criticized. <laughs> Some of y'all got that. But my point is this, is that the, the easiest way to live a life where you never get criticized is to do nothing, is to seek after nothing, is to go after nothing. But when you decide um, as children of God, look, I'm going to pursue and live out everything that God has for me, you will be tested you will be challenged, but I like what she said. You have to choose to rise above it all. Say rise above it all. So we're going to talk this week um, about uh, Sarah from Genesis, and, and, and we're not going to start in Genesis, but we're going to talk about Sarah today. We're going to lift some things. I, the reason I chose uh, her was, was for a lot of reasons, but I began to think about the strength, the true strength of a woman, the true strength that, that women uh, carry. And the challenge that we have in this life is that uh, when we have men and when we have women, we don't, we don't properly appreciate how they complement each other. Somebody say amen. 
But there was, there's design, and this isn't relationship series, but there's design constantly. God has set up principles in this world that we are uh, going to not necessarily always be independent, but we're going to be interdependent. That means that God will never put everything that I need in, li- in my life in me. Somebody say amen. So the reason that he doesn't do that is because he knows that the importance of relationship on any level. So that means that there's things that he has to and wants to accomplish in my life, but I cannot do them by myself. As humans, we're so prone to to want to be independent, to want to get it done on our own. But the reality is, is, is you need somebody else sometimes. How many of you know you need some help sometimes? Let me prove it. Here's why I chose Sarah. I chose Sarah because God makes a promise not to Sarah, but he makes it to Abraham. And he says, in uh, your seed, the whole earth is going to be blessed. Now watch this. He says that, um, Abraham, I'm going to bless your seed. But the the issue that we have is if if it's just Abraham and his seed, nothing can be accomplished. This isn't deep, but I have to start with this. So what happens is is Abraham has to plant the seed, y'all following me, in Sarah, right? But here's where we don't understand and appreciate the strength that women carry. Because now Sarah, for nine months, has to carry what she didn't plant. Y'all with me? So, so now here is where we end up with the human frustration sometimes. Because now, for, for, for nine months, this woman who didn't get called by, by God, this woman who didn't get the assignment by God, now has to carry the assignment that she never got individually. Y'all with me? Not too deep? So this is the strength. He says to Abraham, I'm going to give you something. I'm going to do something in your life, but I'm planting it in someone else. And so you, uh, as women, uh, the women that are in here, have to understand the importance of the assignment that you have from God. Because he has equipped you to carry things that sometimes you don't think you're strong enough to carry. And with that comes some frustration sometimes, but I'll come back to that later. Hebrews 11.11 says this. It says, through faith, say faith. Also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Remember what I told you? The promise was never made to Sarah, but Sarah had to carry the promise that was made to Abraham. And so now... You have to understand your importance because women throughout history have had to have the strength that comes through faith to carry the plan of God in them, even though he didn't give it to them individually. So what does that require? It requires first unselfishness. If we're ever going to see the plan of God come into our life, we have to realize it's not about us. And whatever, whenever we get overly upset, whenever we overly get down and depressed and different things, it's because sometime, I'm not saying life doesn't happen, but sometimes we make things about us that aren't ultimately about us, but they're about carrying out the purpose of God in the earth. Say amen. You have to, be, you have to know this because if you don't realize this, you won't know that you were created for a purpose, that you were created for a reason, that there's things that God wants to do in your life, and sometimes they take time to see them manifest. So faith for us provides the strength, this is what it teaches us from Sarah, to bring the seed to its full potential. See, Abraham could not bring seed to its full potential. So he needed Sarah. If Sarah was not there, what God wanted to do in the earth would have never happened. And you have to understand this because there's some things, I'm talking to my ladies now, there's some things that will not happen in life unless you carry them. 
Here's the reality, and this is what hurts, hurts our pride as men, because as men, we want to do and do and do. And God says, you know what? I'm going to make you a promise, but you don't have the strength to carry it. You know how we always think about men being stronger? Let's be real in here. But the reality is, is that he was strong enough to receive the promise, but he wasn't strong enough to birth it. Mm. That's a quiet moment right there. But it's important to realize this because now, now, so God designed it so none of us could walk in pride because Sarah couldn't carry it if Abraham never planted it. So somebody has to plant it and somebody has to carry it. And you have to understand the vision that God has for your life, he has for your family, it requires that we all do our part. But we learn from the life of Sarah the importance of someone. There's always going to be someone that has to carry in the womb the plan of God. Let's keep reading. Genesis 16. It says, Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, bare him no children. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said unto Abraham, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go into my handmaiden, and it may be that I may obtain children through her. Before I go any further, I need to tell you a little bit more about Sarah to understand this. When God calls Abraham, Sarah, he takes Sarah with him, and now this woman has to go through some unimaginable pain because he tells her, look, when we go into this land, I don't want you to tell anybody you're my wife. Tell them you're my sister. And this is what he says. Now, don't go home and slap people for this, but what he says is, if they find out you're my wife, they'll kill me. So Abraham has a little bit of selfishness going on in him. And what happens is he said, but if you tell them you're my sister, they'll treat me okay. And sure enough, they end up treating Abraham well. And she has to go through, I can, she, essentially, she has to go through this turmoil of I can't even be who I'm supposed to be. You ever felt like that? Inside, I know God has given me an identity. He's given me a purpose. He's given me something to do in this world. But I can't even be who you created me to be because I've got to try and meet the expectations of someone else. And it ends up creating chaos in the land because now God, he basically creates, he creates chaos all over until Abraham has to admit, no, she's my wife. And she's able to step into identity. This happens more than once. But so as I catch you up here with Sarah, here's the point of this verse. We cannot allow our impatience to cause us to try to produce God promises in our own power. One thing that will mess us up in life is impatience. Sometimes we just have to wait. Now, now, understand something. Inside you and I and all of us, there is this, this desire to push things to move faster than they need to move. Y'all with me still? In, in every level. Thank you for that one amen, whoever it was. But, but there's, there's this desire that, that once we see what God wants to do in our life, now we want to pressure and push in order to make that happen. And, and the reality is we end up creating our own frustration in our own tension in our life when we try to rush God. Say you just have to wait sometimes for God to do what he wants to do. So we don't ever want to try to cause, to, to produce God's promise in our own power. And this is what happens, and it ends up creating an issue. She can't, she's been promised, Abraham's been promised there's going to be a child, but now Sarah says, look, I'm, I'm barren, I can't do what I'm supposed to do, so why don't you just, here's a handmaiden here, why don't you just 
get busy with her. <laughs> and Abraham is like, well, Abraham's a man. He's like, <laughs> so if you say so. But and so <laughs> some of y'all just got that. <sighs> let's keep reading. Let's, let's, that's a different message, <laughs> different time. It says, and Abraham hearkened to the voice of Sarah. He listened. Well, Sarah, if you want me, then if, since you say so. And Sarah's Abraham's wife took Hagar, her maiden, in Egypt. And after Abraham dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan, he gave her to her husband, Abraham, to be his wife. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. So now we have this other woman who who Abraham lays with, and she gives birth, and she conceives. And all of a sudden, she starts looking at Sarah and saying, I could do what you couldn't do. And so now we have issues. Have you ever had somebody look down on you? You have somebody who, who they were cool with you before, but all of a sudden things change, and now they look down on you because they're able to produce what you couldn't produce. I don't know of anything more frustrating than knowing that God has something for you and seeing it on somebody else. Let's be, be honest. Be honest. You're praying. Lord, I'm praying for this miracle. I'm praying for this thing to happen in my life. I'm praying for this. I'm praying for that. And then all of a sudden you see everybody else getting what you prayed for. How many of you know that'll put bitterness in your heart real fast? You sit there and you be like, man, everybody's getting married. Everybody's having this. Everybody's doing that. Seems like everything works out easy for them. Why is it so hard for me all the time? And so she ends up being deceived. Here's the principle. A flesh-produced imitation will always create unplanned tension. Quiet in here, but that's all right. Whenever you create something in your flesh that God didn't ordain, you end up with tension in your life. Now, he'll still bless you. We don't want to live in regret, but he'll still bless you. But what happens is, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but what happens is, is what you produced always goes to war with what's been promised. So it's not that he doesn't give you the promise. It's not that he, he, he keeps the promise from you. You'll get the promise, but you still have to deal with what you produce. Watch this. Sarah says, I'm about to get, get, get this thing straightened out here. <laughs> and Sarah said unto Abraham, my wrong be upon you. I've given my handmaiden into your bosom. And when she saw that she conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between me and thee. But Abraham said unto Sarah, Behold, the maid is in thine hand, do to her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarah dealt harshly with her, she fled from her face. We have to be careful that we don't blame where it's possible to fix. How many of you have been through something and and the the temptation is to immediately cast blame? And here's what she does with Abraham. She says, now, now, Abraham, I, I gave you to her, and now my wrong be on you. In other words, it's your fault because you did what I told you to do. <laughs> it's your fault. You should have known better. Here's something that's not in your notes, but I want you to, to, to maybe write this down and think about this. If we're going to, to carry, what we can learn from Sarah is this. If we're going to carry out the plan of God, we've got to learn to manage three things. We've got to manage our expectations. We've got to manage our emotions. And we've got to manage our energy. We've got to manage our expectations. We've got to manage our emotions. And we've got to manage our energy. And the problem is, is Sarah 
is strong, but often strong people, watch this, when we're strong, we have a problem managing our emotions. It's quiet in here. It's all right. I'm not saying this in a condemning way. It's just when, you, when God puts so much strength in you, a lot of times we're strong. But you, you ever been like this? I'm not going to pop right now, but I'm going to pop at some point. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to go off on you now, but I'm going to get you at some point. Eventually it's going to be enough, right? And so Sarah's like, look, she's sitting there and she's watching because Hagar's now got to deal with this, this thing she's carrying for nine months too. So for nine months, Sarah is watching her carry something that she can't carry, and the person who's carrying it is basically provoking her and looking down on her. And so finally she says, Abraham, this is your fault, brother. This is on you. You should have known better than to lay with somebody else. <laughs> That's how she says it. At least in my imagination, that's how she said it. And so Abraham, like, like some men, we, anyway, let me, get, let me get back. I digress. We must be careful that we don't blame where it's possible to fix. So don't, one thing we learn uh, from Sarah's life is there are situations in our life, honestly, that we can fix. But our, 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 our ten- tendency to blame and to point fingers keeps us from actually fixing the problem. You ever, you ever been in a discussion, I call it a discussion, most people will call it an argument, I call it a discussion, where you're sitting there and you, you reach a point about halfway through the discussion, like nothing we're talking about is actually going to solve this problem. We're sitting there fighting over whose fault this is, and whose fault it is, is not going to fix the problem. Can we actually get to the solution so we can move forward? And so Genesis 17 says this, it says, and God said unto Abraham, as for Sarah thy wife, you shall not call her name Sarah, but Sarah shall, shall but Sarah shall, Sarai rather, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. <laughs> and yea, I will bless her, and she shall be the mother of nations. Power of a woman. Power of a woman. Kings of people shall be of her. And here's what I say: before men get all pumped up and excited, and this isn't a men against women, we get all excited about what God wants to do in our life and how he's put destiny on our life and how he's given us the assignment and not woman the assignment. We have to remember one thing. If the woman doesn't birth us, we can't come forth. That's reality. I know it's hard for people to hear, but if we're ever going to come out and be everything that God wants us to be, we've got to come through the canal of a woman. This is, this is, this may be, I hope this isn't due too deep for y'all. But it's reality of Scripture. And God said unto Abraham, I want to read it one more time, that last part. He says, I'll bless her and she shall be the mother of nations. Kings of people shall come from her. So here's, here's the second thing we learned from Sarah. God will use us right where we are. He'll use us right where we are. The tendency with, with believers and church and uh, Christians sometimes believe we've got to get it all fixed. We've got to get it all right. Our, all of our mindsets got to be right. Everything's got to be lined up and perfect before God will use us. That is, you won't find that anywhere in Scripture. But God will meet you right where you are and do amazing things in your life. What else do we learn? We learn that God never consults our failures to determine our destiny like we do. You ever do that? You, you, you begin to get a picture of what God wants to do 
in your life, you really begin to, to start, it starts to sit in your heart. I, and, and then all of a sudden, you, you start to play the rewind button on your past. Am I the only one that, that I struggle with that? Where you say, I remember that mistake I made five years ago. I remember how I did this 10 years ago. God can never use me because I did that. But God is not, God is God. He's not sitting there saying, no, you're chained to your past. I can't use you because you said this or you blew this. God knew you were going to fail before you ever did. And he chose to use you anyway. There's a reason you're sitting right here listening to my voice right now because there's still a plan and a purpose that God has for your life. And that means that you're going to press through every struggle. You're going to press through every problem. You're going to press through every criticism to be everything that he created you to be. He never consults our failures to determine our destiny. But look at Abraham's response because it's just like ours when God makes us a promise. Genesis 17, he says, Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. God, you're going to use me. And he said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old, and shall Sarah that is 90 years old bear? Let me tell you what Abraham's saying. He's saying, for those of you who don't get it, he's saying, look, God, I know what you're saying, but nothing's working anymore. It just, it, the things don't do what they used to do anymore. <laughs> and that, that's, that's just on me. And then he says, now look at my wife too. She's 90. What's she, what's she going to do? Abraham fell on his face. He laughed. Shall a child be born? And then this is the interesting part at the end of it. He says, and Abraham said unto God, oh, that Ishmael light might live before you. What was he saying? God, I've been through so much. I don't even want your promise anymore. Just do something with what I produce. You ever been so tired that you didn't even want to fight for the promise anymore? Like, I know you, you have better for me, God, but I just, I don't have anything left. So take this and do something with this. And God says, mm, no, I'm going to use you anyway. <laughs> Never allow your exhaustion to cause you to settle for less than God's best. Never allow being tired to make you quit right before your breakthrough. Because more often than not, it's not unbelief that stops us. It's being tired. We've been, I've been in this battle too long. I fought this too long. I finally got up, and I've been up for two weeks, and now I fell down again. I messed up again. I might as well quit and give up. That's what the enemy wants you to do. How many of you made a promise to God and you broke it? You broke it. You broke, you, you broke it a day after you made it. God, I'll, I'll never do this again. And then two minutes later, you're doing it. And then we quit and we go to God as if he didn't know we were going to mess up anyway. But the reality is, sometimes when we fall, it's a reminder to us to look to the one who has his hand reached out, saying, just reach out. Let me pick you up one more time. It's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. How many of you look at your children when they fall, no matter how many times they fall, and you, you, you go check on them and you help them get back up? If we as humans do that, how much more God, when we fall and scrape our knee, he doesn't say, look what you did again. He says, let me, let me, let me help you get back up. Let's, let's get some cream. Let's get some ointment. And... I can watch my little Joy. I can watch her, and I know, like, in a minute, she's, gonna do, she's doing something, and she's going to fall and hurt herself. 
I don't say, look at what you did. Daddy told you not to do that. I may take a deep breath. <laughs> I, may, <laughs> I may be like, but my concern is not that she fell, but that she gets back up again. God never consults your past failures to determine your destiny. Never allow your exhaustion to cause you to settle for less than God's best. Here's another thing. God will never allow what you produce to replace what he promised. He will never allow what you reduce to, to replace what he promised. In other words, you can sit there and in our minds we'll say, that's good enough. The one thing I like about the strength of a woman is they have a problem saying that's good enough. Somehow, God has created them in some way where good enough is not ever really good enough. We can always do more. We can always do better. We can always go further. And, and sometimes, even in the midst of tears, even in the midst of struggle, I find that somehow a woman will find the strength to keep on going. Come on. You, you, God has placed in you. Watch this. You, you, men, understand this. Sometimes there's nothing stronger and more powerful than the woman telling you you can do it. It's good. You, you, people sit there, and I agree. That, you know, you say men need their fathers, and understand this. But there's something about when Mama says you can keep on going. Mama, Mama will, Mama will love you no matter how many times you mess up. Come on, baby. Come on home. Come get something to eat. Come, let me let me make you something. She, she might she might pop you in the back of the head a little bit, but she after a while she's gonna love you too. She's gonna smack you and then rub it until you get back on up. You can do it. You can make it. The strength of a woman. Come on. God said to Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son. And God said, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed. And thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. As for Ishmael, in other words, as for what you produced, I've heard you. Behold, I'll bless him. I'll make him fruitful. I'll multiply him. Twelve princes shall come from him, and I'll make him a great nation. So God is saying, yeah, I'll bless Ishmael too, but the promise is not coming through him humility, but he says, but my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time. Say set time. In the next year. Humility requires that the promise God makes to you, I talked about this at the beginning, be birthed in someone else. A lot of times we have a problem starting what God has placed in our heart because we don't get to carry it. But I sat there and I said, God, we really got to appreciate what you do through the life of a woman. I mean this sincerely. I'm not just saying this because there's women in here. But we as a, a church, we as, as individuals, we as a culture have to really appreciate the work that God does through uh, women because the reality is there's some things that are not going to ever happen until the woman realizes how strong God created you to be. And it doesn't mean that you, you don't break. It doesn't mean that you don't struggle. But it means that God trusts you. Say, God trusts me. Let me hear the ladies louder than that. Say, God trusts me. God trusts you enough to put a promise inside of you and, and let you hold that thing until it's ready uh, to come to pass. Vision, a lot of times, this is why... Um, sometimes you ever hear you ever hear women say, I, I don't know, I just feel like we should do this. You ever had heard you ever heard that? You, you sometimes your, your mom will say, 
you, you're getting ready to do something. And my mother said, well, I really don't think you should do that. Why am I? I? I don't know. I just feel like you shouldn't go that direction. I feel like you should go this direction. And, and, and it's because God has created you in such a way that you're not thinking necessarily logically all the time, but you're thinking with the mind of the spirit. It's not that we always get it right, but it's that the intuition sometimes understands, son, you don't need to go out today. Sometimes you even tell, you even tell your significant other, you tell, tell your brothers or other people, any other men in your life, like, look, don't, don't go this direction. I just don't feel right about it. It's because God has put something in you to help preserve vision and to help things come to pass. Let's keep going. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. And now, now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. We already talked about that. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I'm waxed old, shall I have pleasure with my Lord also? In other words, she's saying, you know, I'm old. What am I going to do with Abraham now? <laughs> I mean, what are we going to do? Watch TV? <laughs> and, and the thing is that sometimes we laugh. Watch this. We laugh privately at the promise of God. Some of you right now, even while I'm preaching, and I say destiny is on your life and purpose is on your life and God has a plan for your life, you say amen, but inside you're laughing. You're like, you're right. But the good thing I like about God is that he always hears us even when other people can't. And the Lord said unto Abraham, he says, Abraham, hey, uh, I made you this promise, Abraham. Why is Sarah laughing? Genesis 18.10, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Mm. At the time appointed, I will return unto thee, according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. And then Sarah denied it. She said, I didn't laugh. You ever been like somebody like, what are you laughing at? You're like, I'm not laughing. Why are you trying to hold it in? I'm not laughing. I was thinking about something somebody told me yesterday. I'm thinking, but you know how it goes. Something is funny, but it can't be funny because if they see you laughing, it's just going to get worse. <laughs> and so God, is, he says, yeah, no, you did. Oh, but you did laugh, Sarah. You, you did laugh. God will give us the power to birth the promise even in the midst of doubt. For a long time, I used to believe that our faith is what stopped us all the time. But the reality is, is God is even bigger than your own unbelief. When God wants to do something in your life, even in the midst of this, this in-between between faith and fear and belief and doubt, even in the midst of it, God is still able to do miracles in your life. He's still able, you know why? Because it's not dependent on you. It's dependent on the faithfulness of his promise. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. How many of you know God's word is good? His word is good. Sarah teaches us. This is, I love Sarah because she's not this picture on a magazine of the perfect projection of a woman. You know, some of us, we, 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 if, if, we not, if we don't leave with anything else, I want you to leave with this. Sometimes we worship an image. 
We sit there and say, if I could just be like that, if I could just project that, if I could just be this, then all is going to be well. But the reality is that she is the perfect picture of a woman who's walking through her own human nature, carrying the promise of God. Not perfect. Sometimes I make the right decision. Sometimes I make the wrong decision. Sometimes I blame myself. Sometimes I blame others. Sometimes even though I should have kept my mouth closed, I open it. Sometimes when I should have opened my mouth, I kept it closed. Sarah reminds me. Just uh, It reminds me that there's hope for me because I don't always make the right decision. I don't always say the right thing. I don't always do the right thing. But let me tell you something. Even though you mess up, you're not messing up the plan that God has for your life. Last part. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian, which she had born unto Abraham mocking. So now what was produced in the flesh is mocking and making fun of the promise that was made by the Spirit. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son. For the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous to Abraham's sight because it was his son. And God said to Abraham, let it not be grievous unto thy sight. Because of the lad and because of the bondwoman and all that Sarah said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be blessed. God will bring us to places in our life. Hear me. Hear me. Because this, this is the most important lesson that Sarah teaches us. He'll bring us to places in our life in which the removal of things that fight against the promise becomes necessary. Watch this. Don't miss it. You can close your eyes and just listen to me. We're going to pray. But I want you to really... All I said was to get to this point right here. You will reach a place in your life where you have to make a decision. You'll reach a place in your life where you realize that everything that my flesh produced, really hear my voice, everything that my flesh produced has to go because it's fighting against the promise of God in my life. God in his graciousness, he often doesn't make us do that immediately. But you reach a place in your journey like Sarah did. Like, she, she's not perfect. She makes mistakes. But she reaches a place where she, she realizes something in her heart, something in her spirit realizes, as long as these two things, what I produced and the promise, are able to dwell together, we're not going to reach our full potential. And so she tells Abraham, you, 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 I know I told you to do this, Abraham. Watch this because this is frustrating for men. Pay attention. With your eyes closed, still pay attention. Uh, but this, is, this can be frustrating to us as men because you tell us to do something and then you tell us to correct it. And sometimes we don't know what to do. But the beauty, the beauty, watch this, the beauty in Sarah's story is that whether she's up, whether she's down, she realized, look, now I have the promise in my life. I have the promise in my life, and I cannot afford 
the assassination of the promise. I cannot afford the destruction of the promise. So what my flesh produced has to go. And God is speaking to many of you today through the life of Sarah that there's some things in your life that you created. I'm careful with this because some some people go home and just get rid of everything. That's not what God is saying. But there's things that you have to ask yourself, Lord, are these things hindering my walk with you? Are they hindering me from believing your promises? Are they hindering me from leaving this world behind? Lord, if they are, I'm willing to get rid of them. And for some of us, they're just just things. They're things we've placed in front of God. I've said in this church a few months ago, I said one of the most dangerous things about putting anything in front of God is that he'll... you, you, you will eventually lose what you put in front of him. Or worse, he'll let you keep it. The reality is Sarah's story gives each and every one of us, man, woman, boy, and girl, gives us hope that no matter what we've done, that his promise still stands. And great is his faithfulness. And so you might be here today and you're saying, yeah, God, there's some stuff that, that I've kind of produced on my own. And Lord, I need you to help me to just, watch this, to just believe again. To believe that even in the midst of, of my mistakes and my shortcomings, you still have something for me. You still have a purpose for me. You still have a plan for me. Let me tell you, I'm having the hardest time up here right now as pastor because I'm seeing destiny all over this room. I just want to break down in tears right now because I'm sitting in in the spirit, honestly, and it's not weird. I'm just looking past all these roadblocks and obstacles that you've had in your life, and I'm seeing the purpose of God. I'm seeing the call of God on your life. Oh, God. If you're here and you're like, Lord, I just want to know what you've you've created and called me to do. I just want faith and strength to believe that. Just slip your hand up quickly. Nobody's going to embarrass you or call you up. I just, amen, 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 amen. I want to just pray for you all. Some right now, even as I'm praying, you're thinking, even that? You can even erase that, God? Yes, he can. There's nothing we've done that's too dirty that he can't wash clean. There's nothing we've said that he can't get rid of. There's nothing we've done. There's no obstacle, no problem, no struggle that's too big for him. My God. You're hearing you've never made a decision to follow Jesus or you've you've come off the path and like, I want to get back on. I don't really know how. Um, I can't promise that I won't fail or make mistakes, but God, I want to walk this walk with you. If that's you, slip your hand up quickly. Again, nobody's going to embarrass you. Thank you. God bless you. I see you. I see you. If you're comfortable just lifting your hands right now while I pray a prayer over everybody, just go ahead and do that now. It's just an act of surrender, an act of saying, Lord, I I trust you, I believe you, I receive. Father, I pray for everyone in this building right now. 
those who have hit roadblocks and stumbling blocks in their life that they believe would hinder the purpose and the plan of God over their life. I cancel that assignment of the enemy right now. In the name of Jesus. That person that says, God, I, I, I want to preach one day. I want to I want to live for you one day. I speak over your life right now that your life is protected. And that God will use you even at that age. That age right now, he's starting to, he'll start to put things in your heart and put things in your mind. That he give you a hunger for the scripture, a thirst for the Bible, a thirst for his word, a thirst for a relationship with him. And I speak that over your life right now. For those who've been wounded emotionally in their hearts and their minds, you've been abandoned. You've been, you've been left out wondering why you always have the... The, you, you always seem to can end up short and end up with the short end of the stick in life. God says you didn't end up with the short end of the stick. I've, everything that has happened in your life, I'm in charge of. I didn't do it. I didn't do it, but I've watched over you. I've protected you, and that's why you're here today. Everything that's been done to you by man cannot affect the plan that I have for your life. You're still walking in destiny. And I speak to you like, like God used Joseph no matter what they tried to do. Throw him in the pit. Throw him in prison. False accusations against him. You shall, you shall come out on top. You shall come out with everything that God has for you and more because he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we ask, think, or imagine. I come against every addiction right now, everything that hinders people from walking in the joy and gladness of God. Lord, I command it to be broken now. In the name of Jesus. And lastly, God, I speak over everyone. I speak blessing. I speak favor. I speak increase in every area of their lives, God. I speak wholeness. You make them whole. Let them leave refreshed, encouraged, equipped, and able to do what you called them to do this week. Thank you for victory. We're almost done. Let me just ask one more question with, with eyes closed. You, you're here and you've got to make decisions this week. There's decisions that, that, that you have to make this week. Um, don't know what they are, but God is in them. Just lift your hand quickly so I can and pray for you. All right. God, give them wisdom and understanding, Lord, over every decision. Lord, close every door that's not like you. And allow them to walk through the door of promise that you have for their lives. And we count it done in Jesus' mighty name. Let everyone shout amen. Amen. Uh, just remember after, um, I'm going to pray a blessing over you on the way out. Don't leave till I get a chance to shake your hand. Um, we're also having a little celebration over there for my wife. Please stay and just be part of that um, as long as you can. We'll have food and refreshments. and just going to be a good time. It'll be right across the hall. Um, over in Houston Hall. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your people. We thank you for them being here today. I pray strength and courage into their life, favor over every decision, over every step. Lord, I pray blessings going in, blessings coming out. Lord, that they walk in the strength, the faith, and the power of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have a great week, everyone. Amen.